1: Hi, I'm Nikki, your host for today's episode. Doing what you love is rewarding. Being able to make a living from it, that's a bonus. But receiving recognition for your work is priceless, and it brings infinite motivation to do even more. Our guest today is Shalini Vadera, founder and CEO of Ready Set Jet. Shalini was pursuing her passion for beauty when she received a heartfelt note from a client thanking her for making his wife smile again. At that moment, Shalini knew that that's exactly what she wanted to spend the rest of her life doing. So in 2018, Shalini launched Ready, Set, Jet with a mission to positively impact women around the world through a globally inspired and socially responsible brand. Shalini Vadera is the recipient of the 2019 Hindratan Jewel of India Award from the Prime Minister's Office, which is the highest honor bestowed on a non-resident Indian. She's also the winner of the 2017 Mahatma Gandhi Leadership Award from the House of Lords, British Parliament. Her global influence with women and young girls stems from her entrepreneurial passion to build companies and create products for women to empower women. In this episode, Shalini shares how she found her passion and purpose on her entrepreneurial journey and how success comes faster when you focus on your strengths. Visit imbeyondbearers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources in this episode, including the best way to get in touch with Shalini. Hi, Shalini. Welcome to the Beyond Bearers podcast. We're so thrilled to have you on the show because you are such a rule breaker, pioneer, you know, inspiring leader. So I can't wait for our audience to get to know you and learn from you. So welcome. Oh, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here, and um, I do tend to break a lot of rules. You can ask them. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only way to be. So let's dive right in. Tell us about your very early formation story of the dreams you had as a little girl. And, uh, you know, tell us, give us a peek into that Shalini
2: Yeah, so um, I grew up in Southern California in San Diego in a very beautiful surf town. So, you know, it was beach tacos and nice people (laughs) with my entire upbringing. Um, But we traveled a lot, luckily. And we came from, you know, we by no means were wealthy, um, you know, very middle class. But somehow my parents gave me the incredible gift of travel. Mm -hmm. So, you know, every, every few years we'd either go to India. My mom would actually pull me out of school for two months and I'd spend about three months in the winter time in India. And then in the summers on alternate years, we would go to visit my grandparents in Kenya. So Mm -hmm. we'd get that great East Africa experience and, you know, just beautiful like safaris and outside my grandparents' house, like the giraffe would start walking around at 5 PM. So wonderful memories, but also the spark of enchantment with global beauty because, you know, Mm -hmm. we were flying Japan Airlines and Singapore Airlines and connecting in these Asian cities. And, you know, these women were like walking Barbie dolls to a young girl. You know, I remember being on a flight um, to India on Singapore Airlines. And I remember, I think I was eight and I got up to ask them for some water and their curtain was closed in, you know, the galley area. And I remember pulling the curtain back and here were all these <laughs> gorgeous flight attendants painting their nails. And I was like, oh my
1: God, they're so you know, <laughs> they're glamorous.
2: <laughs> so, you know, and, and I had always just loved beauty and, um, you know, of course, having very traditional parents, it wasn't really a, a, an opportunity to to go into it, but um, I did after my dad sent me to India with a plane ticket and twenty five hundred dollars at nineteen, and told me to start my own company. Wow!
1: Oh my god! So, what was that company? What was that first business? Well, first off, I I cried hysterically on that flight.
2: (laughs) I was secretly being married off because that was the threat for not behaving and being a very you know outspoken young girl. Is like if you don't behave, we're going to marry you off, or we're going to send you to boarding school. Yeah. Um, But when I landed my uncles were waiting for me and they were knitwear manufacturers and so the path of least resistance was to create knit and golf sweaters for the surf and golf industry in San Diego so i worked with you know aaron chang and and a lot of different surf companies and golf companies and i hated it
1: mm-hmm.
2: you know 19 year old telling my uncles you know hey we have a delivery date and they're like hey don't worry bring some chai and i'm like no we legitimately have a delivery date <laughs> Can't go chai. <laughs> I did out of that. And I did um sterling silver and semi-precious stones, got them into Macy's. And you know, I was fearless. I love to just cold call everybody. Um, but while I was doing that, I was also going to college and getting a degree in international business. And I remember just needing another part-time job. So I went and interviewed at the cosmetics department. Back, this is going to age me, um, back when Bullock's was still around, <laughs> 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 <Yeah>. <laughs> and I got a job at the Clinique counter, and I remember getting my very first customer and not knowing how to do any makeup at all, so I was really nervous, and that was the time where they didn't even have makeup brushes for Clinique, you know, it was mm-hmm. like cotton balls and Q-tips and whatnot, and um and so I ended up doing her makeup. And the next day, I got a beautiful bouquet of flowers and a card that said, thank you so much for bringing back my wife. She's had oh. cancer. You put a smile on her face. And growing up looking different and coming from a different culture, I was exceptionally bullied through school. And so for me, I truly understood very innately the power of self-esteem.
0: Mm.
2: And When I got that card and I read it, I'm like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. And that was really the beginning of my career in
1: beauty. Wow. That's an incredibly powerful story. And it really speaks to, you know, discovering that purpose of believing in something bigger than yourself that the path then just simply unfolds after that. So fast forward from that point, when you had that clarity and you discovered sort of what you wanted to do. Uh, it's one thing to know your North Star; it's another to kind of figure out well how are you going to get there, right? So, what were some of those pivotal decisions, or moments that you know got you to where you are now?
2: You know, it's interesting because I don't feel like it was strategically or methodically laid out. I just mm-hmm. kind of went with the flow. Like, I loved makeup; I loved what I was doing. At that time, there was a lot of new brands launching like Laura Mercier with Laura, Makeup Forever Mm -hmm. with Daphne Sands, Smashbox with Dean and Davis Factor. So I became a regional makeup artist for pretty much all of Southern California. And I would go and help these brands launch and store. Mm -hmm. And I loved it so much. And I must have done a makeup um, application on someone very important because um, I got a call one day from NBC Studios saying, hey, we heard about your stuff. Um, you want to come up here and show us. I didn't really know what my stuff was, but I wasn't <laughs> gonna, <laughs> at all, yeah. but I wasn't going to turn down any opportunity to drive on a big Hollywood lot, you know, especially right. in San Diego. I'm like, wow, this is major. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so I drove up two and a half hours to, um, NBC studios in Hollywood. Yeah. Did my version of TV makeup, which now I look back and I'm like, oh my God, how did they hire me? <laughs> 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 Excuse me. And, um, Yeah. And that kind of got me started on the the local news at NBC. I was driving four days a week, about five and a half, five and a half hours round trip. Wow. And within about six weeks, um, I remember the head of hair and makeup walking in the makeup room and he looked at me, he's like, pack up your shit. Let's go. (laughs) You know, these like veteran hardened makeup artists are like, bye, you know, you're fired. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm fired. Um, You know, I gave it a good run. I had no idea what I was doing. This is so embarrassing. So I'm packing up my stuff and following this guy out of the studio. And then all of a sudden he takes a left turn and walks me right onto the tonight show with Jay Leno. And he's like, you're really good. You're going to work here. And that launched my celebrity (laughs) makeup artist career. And so, you know, from there, um, because I was working with so many celebrities that got me on TV in San Diego Mm -hmm. to talk about what it was like to work with the likes of Simon Cowell and Alec Baldwin and on some of these great shows. And, um, I remember doing that. I had no idea again what I was doing. And a few weeks in, uh, Tom Bergeron, who's the host of Dancing with the Stars and Funniest Videos, he was hosting Hollywood Squares at the time. And honestly, like one of my most favorite shows I've ever worked on. Uh, when Henry Winkler became the executive producer, we literally go to work, have Spagos for breakfast, work with 15 different celebrities a day, have an, on- an on-set masseuse. <laughs> Like, are you really paying me to be here? <laughs> 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 of my life, you know, I was working with like Shaq. I mean, anyone that was a guest on the show, I was doing their makeup and, and it, it was just an environment where all you did was laugh, laugh, laugh. So he, yeah. um, Tom had heard that I was doing TV and he said, Hey, um, this is, a, this is a theme in my career. Let me see your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I don't know what my stuff is, but um, you know, here's a copy of one of my segments. Yeah. He's like, great. I'll call you Tuesday um, and give you my feedback. And I'm like, okay, you won't hurt my feelings. Like I love feedback. I think feedback Mm -hmm. is such an important thing to be open to, you know, while it might hurt your feelings at the same time, it's what's going to make you grow. Right. And so I was like, you're not going to hurt my feelings, just whatever. I I know I'm horrible on TV. So Tuesday he called and he said, the only feedback I have for you is I've scheduled you a meeting with my agent. You got to do this. And I was like, okay. So I went driving back up to L.A. Uh, I remember getting in the elevator with Ellen DeGeneres. And I was like, what am I doing here (laughs) this big agency? And uh, I remember her saying, um, oh, you're really cute. Uh, Let's get you in a helicopter and you can do traffic. And I said, well, one, I'm like deathly afraid of helicopters. So that's never going to work. Two, I want to be a brand. And she's like, I don't know what that means. And I'm like, I don't either. But I know I need to get to New York for it to happen. And so everybody rallied. I remember uh, going, going back to work at Hollywood squares and telling Henry Winkler and Tom, I'm like, I need to have a tape so I can get to New York. And Henry was so generous that day. He was like, go get into hair and makeup, take our camera crew and go interview every one of these celebrities. And you'll have your tape. And that got me booked on the CBS early show. And that started me as a um, beauty expert on television. And then from there, I was really able to very easily carve out my niche and distinct voice
1: wow um everything you've shared so far really highlights that that clarity that when you have clarity on what you want and why it matters and then you commit to your craft and you know just being the best at what you do but also focusing on serving and making a difference that the path really does unfold you know it's a series of serendipitous things that worked out but it's almost like it was destined to be
2: yeah and it's interesting as i you know that the the term hindsight is 2020 is mm-hmm. so true because you know i'm now about 15 to 20 years into my career and i'm able to look back even at the hardest times and and truly understand with gratitude that i wouldn't be so purpose driven at this point in my career, had I not gone through some of the trials and tribulations Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur. So it is interesting when you do, even when you commit and you don't know where your path is taking you, Mm -hmm. it does work out the way it's supposed to.
1: Right. What were um, some of the scariest moments for you that really sort of challenged your sense of self or um, perhaps, you know, filled you with, uncertainty or doubt?
2: Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Um, I think growing up as an Indian girl in a traditional household, you are part of your values that you're taught is to not speak up, Mm. don't talk the boat, don't have an opinion, don't make people uncomfortable with your voice. Mm -hmm. um, You know, and then let's layer on just incredible parents with beautiful hearts that are like, trust everyone, (laughs) you know, (laughs) the world is beautiful, everything's done on a handshake. (laughs) (laughs) So that did not serve me. It served me well in life, but it did not serve me well in business. Mm -hmm. And so I think some of the scariest and also like the most discouraging times were you know, one being a solo founder, you know, mm-hmm. I never really went into the co-founder play. Um, and, you know, early in my career, and I still get it now. And it's it's very interesting, especially after Me Too, that, you know, some of these guys still want to harass women. Um, but, you know, I faced a lot of sexual harassment, um, mm-hmm. a lot of gender bias. I mean, I even... Uh going against my gut was probably my biggest life lesson. Um mm-hmm. taking on the wrong partners was another huge lesson. And those were scary times for me because you know it was very naive uh in mm-hmm. starting my journey. Um everything had fallen into place just beautifully. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's come excuse me, coming from a um upbringing of trust. And mm-hmm. so getting into situations where it was about as opposite of anything I had experienced in my life was scary, hard, sad, mm-hmm. uh, devastating at times. Um, but I think the gift in those experiences is one, learning more about yourself, uh, mm-hmm. to learning how to navigate through those ridiculous narrows in life, right? You'll have all of a sudden a wide path and that path starts to get so narrow how do you navigate those narrows and mm-hmm. and who are you when you come out of those and you know i think um for me some of the biggest lessons were not everyone has the same value system you do and and i faced it not only from men from you know the male perspective of harassment you know wanting to party on yachts and fly on jets and calling me in on you know weekend sport let's go over your numbers and then Next thing I know, they're trying to kiss me or they're showing up in a white bathrobe. You know, it's just mm-hmm. so inappropriate. But then I also faced it from women. And that, I think that to me, being a girl's girl and really being one where my entire mission has been to empower women was the most surprising. And I think the most upsetting part of my journey was that not every woman wants to see another woman succeed. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll take this uh, quote. So one of my advisors is Baroness Verma.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, from the British parliament. She's an amazing woman. And I remember her telling me, she's like, I've had to fight against the men and I've had to fight against the women. You know, it's been equally as hard to get yeah. to where I am. And, and I I could really understand that because, you know, that, that's some, sometimes the most unexpected lessons mm-hmm. and, um, hurts come from the ones that you least expect it from. And so for me, I think just learning to navigate all of that was, um, Very difficult. I mean, there were times in my journey where I physically thought I was going to break from just, you know, the stress of what Mm -hmm. I was going through. But looking back um, and where we are now with this new brand, there is no way I could have legitimately um, gone out there and and empowered women had I not gone through even half of what I've gone through because, you know, now I can very much empathize with women who are in certain situations and really wanting to help promote them into the right place in their lives.
1: Right. Well, it's the ultimate founder's journey, right? It's, it's so much about self-awareness. You know, so many people talk about entrepreneurship, like it's the path to financial freedom and it's this and that. And I was like, you know, at the end of the day, the most valuable thing you get out of it is you discover all parts of yourself. And you have an opportunity to elevate the parts of yourself that need to grow but didn't know.
2: A hundred percent. I mean, I think it's the most exciting journey of all, if you think about it, because yeah. the knowledge you have and the relationship you have with yourself is just, I, I don't know too many people who have not been a founder that have that type of <laughs> That's you know, awareness and understanding, and and you know it is a, it's a twenty four seven job, and mm-hmm. you're on like a crazy roller coaster of highs and lows, and you know it's really um, fantastic when you can meet, meet like minded
1: people that understand what you have gone through. Right, right. I, I was speaking to another founder um, on the podcast who's built up a very large business, and one of the things she said was, you know. You realize you're different and you don't fit in anywhere, not with the women, not with the moms, not with, you know, regular uh, families and embracing that difference. The moment you do that is when you get liberated. And it's the most, it is liberation. It is truly like incredible freedom
2: that you feel. And and then you understand you don't have those expectations of like, why am I not over here? And why am I not over here? I mean, it is truly being a lone wolf at times.
1: Right. And so, with all of those incredible, you know, hardening experiences, if you will, um, where you are right now, tell us about the new brand, the big mission, the big vision, um, you know, and introduce us to it.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So, we recently launched a, a new brand called Ready Set Jet. And, you know, if you know anything about my previous brands like Passport to Beauty and the book I wrote, Mm -hmm. Passport to Beauty, and, um, you know, I've created brands for Paramount Pictures and Turner Classic and that. I mean, you name it. I'm a brand developer at heart. It's my most favorite thing. Um, But this one's really special. So in late 2017, I received the Mahatma Gandhi Award at the British House of Lords for my work in women empowerment and beauty. So prior to that... Um, I had had a crazy spiritual awakening. I had met a Korean master when I moved to Los Angeles. And a few years after I met him, he had called urgently at 4.30 a.m. to see me in Sedona. And on my way to Sedona, my car was struck by lightning. And because silly me being from San Diego and not seeing that much lightning, I was recording everything on my phone, which was plugged in my car. So it conducted the charge to the left side of my body which was quite painful, but um, I believe it served its purpose because when I did arrive to Sedona, the Korean master looked at me and he said, that was for you. That was for your brain. These are the next four things I need you to do. And the fifth thing is your homework. And sure enough, I had the craziest weekend. I mean, I, I... That's a whole nother podcast, (laughs) other story. But what it did do is it did make me realize as number five, what I needed to do was to create a, a platform for women because I was just discouraged women weren't supporting women. There was a lack of mentorship and resources for me in my journey. And I wanted to make sure no women went through that. So I launched Power Beauty Living. Um, Within a year, the United Nations contacted me to launch it globally at the UN on the floor and then bring one of my events of powering up your beauty, your business, and your life to 350 country head CEOs and diplomats. And so that put me into a much different place in my career versus just beauty because we were doing all these amazing activations for women. And that's what got me this award. And so um, it was an honor to receive it. And then I happened to go to India three months later after nine years. I had not been to India in so long, but it was my last cousin's wedding. And there was no way I was going to miss a good Indian wedding (laughs) (laughs) with all my relatives together after so many years. And so I flew to India and the day I arrived, there was actually a car waiting for me in Delhi. And next thing I know, I was sitting down with the head of Congress, the Supreme Court a number of ministers of you know, social empowerment, justice, education, um, a lot of guys that were really um, passionate about seeing women rise in India. And so um, they asked me, they said, look, you know, we feel you've reached your full potential. Now we want you to help our girls. So I said, okay, thank you very much. Let me think about it. Um, came back in mid 2018. I got another call from these guys saying, hey, we've got 300 people coming in the house of commons. We'd like for you to speak for one hour on what you're going to do for India. So at that point I knew they were serious and I started doing research and I'm like, okay, if we're going to create impact, then let's create significant impact. Let's not go in there and find a leash and make it fair trade. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, yeah. sustainable. Let's like, let's create some impact. And I kept getting the same conversation. Every NGO I called. that, you know, these girls get to the age of 15 Either they've never had um education or their education ends they are either married become servants or trafficked so really there wasn't a lot of opportunity for these women meantime we saw that amazon was investing five billion specifically in the beauty vertical in india nobody had actually gone in there and democratized beauty and that that was very exciting to me because you know it's always weird as a makeup artist by trade to travel and go into countries where we have these beautiful skin tones, but there's mm-hmm. no products that celebrates the different mm-hmm. shade, yep. you know? And so I was like, all right, India really needs this. Cause they've got like four main foundations <laughs> that don't match. So, um, are lovely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so I ended up, um, you know, kind of doing my research and I'm like, let's create a new brand. There's this whole mm. new generation of people that love to Airbnb and Uber the world They want to transform through travel, um, you know, and they also want to do good. They're this activist generation. Mm -hmm. Let's create a brand we can scale that will help us scale the impact and, you know, train at least 1 million girls, if not more, um, you know, the next couple of years. And so I pitched that. Everybody loved it. And I came home and I got to work, started creating these uh, products. And then we raised our first round late 2019. I'm very proud to say 90% of women came in. And, um, and then we were in India. I, I received the Jewel of India Award actually from Prime Minister Modi's office in 2019 and then had a great meeting with Amazon. Um, and we have just launched the brand during the pandemic. Um, we were in India early in 2020 um, with the girls in the slums, which I have to say was just incredible to see the thirst in their eyes mm-hmm. that they had an option to be anything they wanted to be but you know especially in beauty it's such a universal language um and so we're really excited about what the future brings we've raised money from just an incredible incredible group of you know um investors and like i said i'm proud to say we're about 90% female funded we did a crowdfunding campaign um earlier this year Again, creating more equal opportunities for women. I wanted more women to be investors. I wanted more women to proudly walk in a room and say, I'm an investor. I'm an equity holder in this brand. Mm-hmm. Knowing that a lot of women didn't have the risk appetite that men do with the larger check sizes and whatnot, we launched with the new Reg CF, um, a crowdfunding campaign where any, any woman anywhere in the world could invest for as little as $100. Wow. Be an owner and ready, set, jet, and we were so successful in bringing so many girls overseas in uh, between the ages of eighteen and twenty-four, and then in the U.S., just getting women across the entire country that made their first investment. And we're so proud of it. Flipped and became ambassadors for the brand, and it's just been a really exciting journey. Now we're getting ready to launch the online academy where women anywhere in the world will have the opportunity to learn personal and professional skills to live their most powerful and beautiful life. And we have a big impactful learning pledge where anytime a course or a membership is purchased, we will sponsor a woman anywhere in the world that
1: can't afford to come in for free. That is so incredible and so inspiring that you're doing that. But what I also love is that you've really build this like an ecosystem that empowers and gives back and and really feeds it back into the system from your investor uh, choices to giving
0: back and who
1: you're primarily serving.
0: What if you could pinpoint the invisible ceilings limiting your success? Imagine having clarity on your strengths and barriers so you can take action and gain unstoppable momentum to advance as a future ready leader. Well, that's exactly what the Beyond Barriers quiz will help you discover. You'll get your personalized score based on the 25 essential elements proven to accelerate success in the digital age so you can understand what's holding you back and where to focus your efforts. The Beyond Barriers quiz is completely free and takes just a few minutes. Go to iambeyondbarrierscom quiz and take the quiz today.
1: So let me um, ask you a specific question around fundraising, for example, and, you know, uh, you and I have talked before about just the challenges for female founders um, in terms of raising funds or getting access to capital. Um, it's not easy being a female founder to begin with. Uh, we're the underdogs, but it's even harder when you're trying to scale and get access to capital. Um, what advice would you give to someone who's aspiring to build um, how, you know, how to think about it, you know, do's and don'ts if you will from your own experience.
2: Yeah, actually, right now it's it's an incredibly exciting time to be an entrepreneur. There's more resources out there than ever with you know, how to fundraise, cohorts you can join, different accelerators, different incubators. Like none of that really existed when I launched my first brand and I wish I had that because maybe things would have um, you know, been a lot easier for me. But I think, you know, there's so many opportunities to raise money without being the traditional, I got to go get venture, I've got to, you know, do it this Mm -hmm. way. You know, now with the new Reg C, um, with the SEC, you can raise upwards of $5 million on crowdfunding, um, which is exciting because it's also a really fantastic way to build community. Mm -hmm. Um, and, you know, we were super unconventional with our first raise. We didn't go out knocking on all the BC doors. What we did is we threw a party at a crystal store on Hollywood Boulevard and invited a lot of women that we knew were either part, parts of angel networks or had friends that were, and we asked them to bring their friends and we raised about 170,000 that way, um, alongside the Seed Lab, who just great guys that believe in, you know, the mission of this company, um, so, because of the you know Y combinator making it so easy with like even a safe note, you don't need to go into a very complicated raise. Mm-hmm. What you do need to do is follow your gut. So, as much as you are being interviewed by these different investors, you should also do your due diligence on them,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, because you know once you raise money, you're literally getting married to these people. Right. So dating is okay. You know, spend a little time. I mean, some of these investors that invested in my company, some of them invested after 15 minutes of meeting me and that's incredible. Um, some of them wanted to have three, four or five calls that's fine too. It gives you an opportunity to really get to know the person. And, you know, we've turned down a couple million dollars in funding because they were just the wrong fit. So this has been a very intentional, mm-hmm. um, thoughtful build of this entire brand from the products to the investors we've brought on to the communities we're building. Um, But I do mentor a lot of girls where they'll come in and they'll be like, okay, I got an investor, um, but they want 51% of the company. And I'm like, okay, well, your governance issues are, you know, those are just as important as how much equity you own you know, well, I'm under an employment agreement. And I'm like, yeah, but they can fire you. Like you've yeah. got to look at the different controls that are yeah. within contracts. Um, so it, it can be a lot, but like I said, there there's never been a better time to just access resources. You know, there's um, Hello Alice, which is great for women um, to learn about funding. There's grants out there. There's, um, you know, so many different opportunities to get money right now without going that traditional
1: route. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, that's been done in the past.
1: Yeah. What um, it sounds like is really, you know, figure out what's really important and there are more avenues than not, but also asking for help, you know, instead of trying to figure it all out alone, Um, you know, and when you think about the ways that you have solved challenges as, you know, encounter different levels of the business and um, things that you were creating, what were some of the strategies that you used to get access to people that could make a huge difference, but you didn't know them or didn't know how to approach them?
2: Yeah. I mean, if 2020 taught me anything, um, Twitter has been phenomenal. I have literally done some of the best networking ever yep. with managers, with investors, with people that have knowledge that I don't, and literally just reached out to them on direct message saying, hey, can I have a few minutes of your time? Or somebody might say, "Hey, I've got office hours open for founders on Fridays," and jumping on board. And so, not only are you gaining a lot of resources and education around, you know, some of the questions you might have, but now you're also starting to build your network and relationships. And I remember I met one um, gentleman, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm doing this cross-border um, play," and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of difficulty in. Some of the regulations around it, you know, uh, the hesitancy hesitancy of um, U.S. venture funds investing in a in a out of country play, all of these things, and he literally went on Twitter and Facebook and was like, "Hey, um, this girl is doing this big play in India, and because of that, we got." Retail partnerships. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we got a lot of. We met a bunch of more people that we would never have known. Um, so Twitter's been fantastic. Um, we created one of our strongest strategic partnerships from Clubhouse. Awesome. So you know, jumping into Clubhouse and just not being afraid to raise your hand. I mean, it's scary and intimidating for so many of us mm-hmm. to get up here and speak. But really, forcing yourself to get out of your comfort zone and getting up on those you know stages and speaking brought us um, about $70,000 in funding um, from key badass women, Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, you know, and really helped us with our our entry plans into a country halfway across the world while we're sitting here in Los Angeles. So, Mm -hmm. you know, Twitter is fantastic. Um, Clubhouse is fantastic. And just like even attending like the startup grinds, like I just spoke at... Startup grind, at New Delhi for Women's Month, and I had mm-hmm. so many people that were in the audience actually reach out to me for advice, and we've been able to, you know, kind of get in and really mentor some of these younger entrepreneurs, which is really exciting. So, you know, as much as you're um, gaining advice, it's also nice to pay it forward and make it a mutual, you know, for everybody.
1: Right. So Shalini, you're juggling so many different things. You have very big dreams and you've achieved a lot and you're on your path to achieving even more. What helps you stay centered, you know, on a daily basis? Like what's your daily habit um, that is a non-negotiable? Oh, well, nature for one, I, I have to get out in, in nature and uh,
2: nature is so grounding and it allows you to really clear your mind. So that's one. Um, The second one is really learning how to manage your self-talk and your thoughts. Mm. You can make or break yourself just on your thoughts. So I can very easily tell myself the biggest sob story and go down that rabbit hole. And by the way, everything starts to go wrong. Mm -hmm. Right. So I really um, am very mindful in catching negative chatter and also Mm. not being available to it as well. Like, If you've got like negative people in your life, like just turning that off Mm. Especially on days, you've got an important call or a pitch, like not even like being available to that because that can affect your energy. And at the end of the day, what you do learn is that you are really the master of your domain and you control your energy. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, learning the art of detachment is another one, like instead of getting so emotionally attached to, you know, for instance, How the packaging is going to come out. It's not, you know, earlier in my earlier brands, it was very like, oh my God, this is my baby. And now it's like, nope, this is for the world. And learning to take more of an observational approach to things Mm. versus being emotionally in. Like if I start to feel like I'm getting emotional about something, I will literally mindfully step out and be like, observe, just like it's another red car going down the street observe this just as you would observe that and that immediately takes the emotion out and you're able to make more rational
1: practical mm-hmm. decisions now, when you look 10 years out and you think about what skill or competency you need to personally develop now you know to be embark on that next stage what is that
2: you know I think we're always all learning. I'm happy to be at an age in my life and an experience level where I understand what I do really, really well. And I also understand what I don't do. Mm -hmm. So for me at this point in my career, it's really about surrounding myself with best in class people in areas that I don't understand. I think earlier on, um, you know, you want to do everything, especially as a founder. Mm -hmm. You've got this like, this is my baby. I want to control it. Um, But, you know, as I've journeyed through my um, career, what I realized is that's not the best use of my time. And, um, you know, really just continuing to surround myself with best in class. And as I look through my career, you know, it's something that I'm going to lean on more and more as I as I grow my brands um, mm. and really just honoring myself. Like, this is what I do really well, and I'm going to kind of stay in my lane. And I'm going to bring the people that do those, you know, different verticals or whatever really well. And, and we're going to have fun while we do it, you know? So
1: I think that's really important. That's great. Okay. Final question is, if you had a billboard with your biggest message to women around the world, what would it say? Trust your gut. Hmm.
2: Powerful yeah. indeed. <laughs> it never lies. It never lies. and And it can lead you to greatness and it can also lead you to absolute sadness if you go against it. I mean, I think time and time again, the times I've gone against my gut when I've known, um, have been probably the most painful with the biggest losses. Mm. And so, you know, you have that gut instinct for a reason and just make it your friend, you know, and don't, don't paint red flags white. Like if you see a red flag, it's there for a reason. Don't, like oh it's okay it'll work itself out you know it'll get better you know it's usually like no it won't it'll be in your face and really um you know distract and destroy so
1: trust your gut Thank you. That is phenomenal. So, thank you for being on the show. We're huge fans of everything you're doing, the mission you're on, and everything you're building. Um, we'll be rooting for you. Thank you for being on the show, Shalini.
2: Well, thank you and appreciate your support, and always happy to have more women in our Ready Set Jet family. So, thank you so much.
0: Thank you for listening to the Beyond Barriers podcast. There are thousands of podcasts out there, and we are so grateful that you've chosen to listen to ours. If you enjoyed the show, please leave us a rating and tell a friend about it and subscribe to get new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Visit IamBeyondBarriers.com where you'll find show notes, links, and the best way to connect with our guests. See you next episode.